Welcome to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. My name is Tuttle, and thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate all the people that have been downloading this podcast. This is only my third week, and you guys sharing it with people and helping me spread the word on your social media and letting people know about this podcast is helping me out because that's one of the things. I'm not on radio at the moment, and usually I'm on the radio to be able to promote the things that I got going on online, so I'm kind of doing this a little bit backwards. But, you know, you guys have been helping me word of mouth. It's been spreading. You guys have been donating and helping me out until I can get back on my feet and get back on the air somewhere. Uh, Got a lot of great things to talk about today, but before I do that, I want to let you know about everything in my world. You can go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle.net. That is my website, and that has all the information pertaining to me in my world. All my links, all my video stuff, everything. One-stop shopping is at Tuttle. You can also go to TuttleTV.com. That's TuttleTV.com. And that's going to direct you directly to my YouTube video uh, feed. And yes, it it only takes you to my YouTube feed. But I thought it was kind of cool to have TuttleTV.com. And you can also email me Tuttle at gmail.com. That's T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. I answer pretty much every email that I get uh, if I have the time. I try to get around to them eventually. I love to hear from you guys. Any suggestions? Suggestions or anything you want to request and hear on this podcast, email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. And I'm I'm giving all my content away for free. But if you guys want to donate, it would help me out. I'm gonna reinvest all this stuff back into the podcast to get better quality, get a mic, uh, so I can sound better and maybe even get a Wi-Fi hotspot or something, because it's taken me forever to upload material because I'm doing everything over the uh, cellular data network. So I I almost hit my my maximum for amount of data. I have unlimited data, but they start throttling you when you get close to like 50 gigabytes. But if you would like to donate, you can easily do that by going to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Whatever you can give will be greatly appreciated. I don't even care if it's a dollar. I email everybody back and tell them thank you for their contributions and anything that they send. So it's greatly appreciated. And I don't mean to get serious at first, but this is something that I recorded. I'm going to play you some audio that I recorded last night because I just felt like it needed to get out at that time. So you got the true feelings of what I was going through at the time. But I experienced something last night that I had not experienced in my whole life. And I just wanted to get your opinion and wanted to hear what I was going through at the time and get it out there. And if you guys have any advice, like I said, you can email me Tuttle at gmail.com but it was just a uh, strange strange experience but uh i'll be back in a few minutes uh listen to this audio this isn't going to be like your stereotypical tuttle podcast segment i just had to get something off of my chest my dad about 30 minutes ago found out that his brother has three weeks to live And it really was one of those moments in my life that really fucked me up. Fucked me up bad. And I I don't like to curse on the podcast, but how do you, and if you want to email me, please, and I don't even feel like giving out the email. If you know my email, email me because I would like to hear or get any advice on 
how you would handle this. How do you console a parent when they've always been looking out for you? When you're going through shit or bad times, they're the ones that are, you know, helping you out getting you through a tough time and my dad and you've probably heard me talk about my dad a lot on the radio and you know from what you've heard from me is that he is a pretty tough guy was an iron worker all of his life back in the day when you didn't have to wear tie-ons or safety harnesses he was a real man very very tough guy and I've never seen him actually not I'm not saying he checked out because my dad he didn't check out but he just was different. You could tell. Like, he really didn't say anything. He didn't cry or show really an, really any emotion at all. But you could just feel the emotion in the room and how he was feeling. I, I'm not one of those hippie guys that believe in energy being given off. But he just – you could just tell. You could tell it really, really messed him up a little bit. And – like I said, he didn't get emotional or, you know, he just was like, I didn't have a good feeling about this. And what do you, what do you say to your parents, especially your dad that you've always seen as a strong guy? And he, he held it together. He was very strong. But like I said, you, you know your parents better than anybody. And I could just tell. And it just I, – I really – I'm a great communicator. I'm, I'm an excellent communicator. But I really didn't have – any like advice or things I could say to try to make it any better to get that type of news. Um, I mean, pretty much everything I said was like textbook stereotypical stuff you say to people when you're trying to get them to feel better about a situation. It, it's it sounds so sincere or insincere when you say it because when it comes out, you're like, "Fuck! I can't believe that I actually said that." It's so douche chill, like douchey chill feeling when you hear hear people say that because it's like the stuff you hear in movies just trying to make somebody feel better about a situation when there's really nothing you can say it sucks it's just and that's the that's the thing that I really really don't and I I I'm really it bothers me that I'll never have that in my life because I was born an only child, and and I'm sure my parents tried, but I know that they had a hard time having me and tried a lot, but I don't have any brothers or sisters. And, you know, after your parents are gone, your brothers and your sisters and your siblings are the ones that you are supposed to count on and be there and the people that you know from, like, day one. And I don't have that. And it just really, really fucking sucks to know, like, I've got to look forward to that. Yes, I don't have to look forward to losing a brother or a sister in the future, but I would just – it would be nice because my parents are getting to the age. They're, they're still in good health, but you you can see and you can just hear and talk to them and you can tell that they are getting older. I mean they're still healthy. My The only problem my, my dad has is getting around and, and walking, but his diabetes is under control. Heart stuff is good. The, the only problem he's having is getting around and walking. And my mom, 
knock on wood, she's done pretty well and hasn't been sick in the past couple of years. And she's like a three-time cancer survivor. She hasn't had the best luck about not getting cancer. But goddamn, I wish that I had her like fighting capabilities because she's been it three times. She's been it three times when she was in high school. She had cancer for the first time when she was a child. So... I don't know. I and and I don't mean to get serious on this podcast and and bring you guys down. I just needed to vent a little bit because it's it's difficult because you know, your parents like I said are the ones that you always look at as as being the strong ones, the ones that are your rock and your foundation that you can talk to and find out things, but this was like the first time in my life that I've been on the receiving end and trying to make things better by just listening and talking. And I don't think I did a very good job because all, and like I said, I've been a communicator. I've talked on the radio for the last 20 years. And this was the first time that I've been lost for words. Really, really, really sucked because I wanted so badly to be able to say something to make my dad feel better. And I couldn't. And and it makes me feel like a failure. It makes me feel like the one time that he needed me, I didn't have absolutely the right words to say. And I usually do. I usually will say the right thing that needs to be said to try to halfway make things better. Not not fixing them 100%, but at least being able to say something to make the situation better or lighten up the mood or... I don't know. I I feel like I'm rambling right now, guys. I I just wanted to share this with you. I recorded this tonight, and I was going to wait until tomorrow just to talk about it, but I felt if I slept on it, it wasn't going to be as genuine or you're going to get my real reaction from it, so... Like I said, guys, I, I'm sorry. I just thought it was something interesting. I, I, I want to keep this show as lighthearted as I can, but I, I think it's something that I thought you guys would want to hear. So, like I said, if you have any suggestions, you can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. Now, actually moving on, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I talked about this on previous podcasts, but the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal that's going on, and they took it way too far. Like I said, I'll reset my my opinion on it, is that stealing signs is a part of the game of baseball, but not to the extent that the Houston Astros took it to. No, they were using like technology, cameras, beating on trash cans, wearing devices on their chest that would tell them inside, outside, breaking ball, fastball, where it's going to be. But I got to give some props for the big balls and troll game he has. But Trevor Bauer, he, in a spring training game, he plays for the Cincinnati Reds. He was playing the Dodgers, and he was trying to make a statement. And if you guys have never played baseball, when as a pitcher, which I was, I played four years varsity baseball, but if you're a pitcher, when you're warming up to let the catcher know what pitch is coming, uh, coming, you will tip your pitches. So, like, if you flip your glove over and point it at them, uh, I'm pretty sure that is a breaking ball. And if you point at them with your glove, that's going to be a fastball. And guess what? Trevor Bauer said, fuck all y'all. Fuck the Astros. I'm going to make a statement here. And he tipped every single 
pitch that he was throwing in an inning. And I think he struck out two out of three but retired the side. And the batters knew exactly what was coming. That's like, that's like here, I'm giving you my best stuff. I'm so good, I'll tell you what the hell I'm pitching, and you're not even going to hit the goddamn thing because that's how badass I am. And he kind of gained a little bit of respect for me. You don't see a lot of that showboating, Hollywood, uh, limo riding, Ric Flair type of swagger, but man, that is a lot of swagger for a goddamn baseball player. And, and it's good to see. I think it's great for the game. And, you know, the fans are absolutely murdering the Astros when it comes to bringing signs into the stadium. And, and if you don't realize this, you're kind of in a catch 22 if you're the Astros, because when people show up with signs talking about you stealing signs, but when the employees of the Astros come and take your sign, they're actually stealing more signs. Think about that, people. Think about that, people. That's a catch-22 if I've ever seen one. And you're stealing a sign, and you're stealing a sign either way. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. While we're on some sports, though, I wanted to talk about this, and I don't know if you guys have checked out a lot of the XFL football games. Uh, I call this XFL 2.0, and the reason I say that is because I spent, I spent most of my life in Orlando, and we had the Orlando Rage when Vince McMahon had the original idea of bringing the excess XFL football out. And I remember it was a complete, absolute sellout for the first game at the Citrus Bowl. And this was before the Citrus Bowl uh, was renovated. But they ended up selling out that first game. And the Orlando Rage had a really, really good team. When I was with the Monsters, they actually flew us up to Chicago. That was the first time I had ever been to Chicago. And, and we got to go to the XFL. It was the uh, Orlando team versus the Chicago team. And it was great. That was actually the first time I had ever been on an airplane before, too. And I got sick as shit. Man, oh man, that was so, so bad. But it also didn't help that I drank before we went. But uh, back to what I was saying, the XFL is now back, and, and I'm hoping it sticks around. I, I don't have a lot of faith because, you know, you know, Vince McMahon came in with this same type of swagger he does right now, and, and he folded the league in one year. So let's see how it goes. But I got to give some badassery uh, word to uh, Hal Mummy. Hal Mummy, he uh, coaches for the uh, Renegade. I think uh, they're in D.C., but uh, I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, you can Google how Mummy, M-U-M-M-E, and he got ran over by one of his own players that was getting tackled out of bounds during one of the game in, in the second quarter. And this guy, I, he's got to be like at least late 50s, early 60s. And he's the offensive coordinator. He broke his leg. He broke his leg in the second quarter. And he coached the rest of the game. He even went into the locker room. They wanted him to chill out. And he was like, yeah, I'm not soft. And he even backed up that I'm not soft uh, quote with one on Twitter. And it said, I'm not soft, air, or hashtag air raid. And it's got like almost 5,000 retweets. So uh, Hal Mummy is definitely, definitely getting some run when it comes to being a badass old man and let's be honest I, I'm not I'm not like I know I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like my parents 
it, it sucks uh, turning 40 because you start catching yourself quoting things that adults used to say to you as a kid that you used to look at them and probably not pay a goddamn worth of attention to them. But the younger generation is just a little soft. Look at a lot of these sports athletes. They get turf toe. Oh, I got to sit out a game or, you know, just minor injuries and they're sitting out. This old man coach the rest of the game and you think oh he was probably sitting down in a chair was on crutches fuck no he was not he was up and standing had the headgear on calling in plays so yes he was coaching to the very end of the game with a broken leg that he ended up uh, he's now in a cast i think so but i bet he'll still be out there he might be on crutches but he's still going to be calling that game and he just seems like he's a really really big mark for the air raid uh, system when it comes to football but this This will be my last sports story of the day, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit. And the last time something like this happened was with the Dale Earnhardt death photos uh, here in Volusia County and especially in Central Florida. They made a big deal of them not releasing the autopsy photos of Dale Earnhardt in the crash so people could actually investigate and find out what really, really happened. Well, now there are some death photos that have, uh, that are out about Kobe Bryant. And I'm not saying I would look at them. I know there's a lot of sickos out there that get off on going to best gore or looking at all the, uh, dead bodies and just sick, disgusting, twisted stuff. But, you know, if we live in a country with fe- Freedom of press and freedom of speech shouldn't pretty much everything be out there if the media has gotten a hold of them or has pictures. I think I heard from one report it could have been a couple of sheriff officers that had taken these pictures, but why are we holding back information? This is stuff that should be out there. Yes, it's tasteless and and sad for the family, but that's the type of country that we live in. I think when you start restricting information from people, especially celebrities and professional athletes, Athletes, they are wanting to be in the spotlight. They're a part of the stage and they want to be there. They chose to be there. Now, do I think autopsy photos of just regular everyday citizens should be out there? Hell no, no, because they're not celebrities. They're not a part of the media. They're not part of the limelight. So that's what I'm saying is, you know, because there was a big thing, you know, Dale Earnhardt had a lot of health problems and there was actually video from a race where they, they say that he had blacked out or maybe lost consciousness and, and the car started to, you know, drift to one side. I think it was during a caution. So nobody was in real danger, but there was a lot of conspiracy theories that said that Dale Earnhardt was dead before he hit the wall. Because if you look at that crash, that crash that he was in, yeah, it was a pretty solid hit, but I've seen a lot of crashes way worse than that. And I know back when he died, they didn't have all the safety harnesses. I think Dale Sr. refused to wear Han's device, and they're saying that's one of the things that killed him. But they did not release any of the those photos from the autopsy. And I, I remember Mr. Phillips uh, from the Phillips file at Real Radio 104.1 was kind of fighting that battle and trying to make the point that, you know, if we live in a country of freedom of press, why are we restricting media? He was he was a celebrity. He put himself out there. So is he entitled to any privacy? I think that's just the the baggage you you have to take when you decide to take that little bit of fame. 
I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm on the level of an Earnhardt or Kobe Bryant, but if something happened to me, uh, my whole life is pretty much on the internet right now. It's on social media and YouTube and videos. It, it's it's all out there, guys. So I can't complain when I get messed with as much as I do by a lot of the trolls. I, I put myself out there, so I got to just deal with it. And that's that's how I I get myself through it is, is just realizing that. So I would like to hear what you would have to say. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. Should they release the Kobe Bryant photos or should they keep his privacy and so his wife and kids don't have to see that? I I, I can see both sides, but I'm kind of leaning more to he's a celebrity and that type of stuff needs to be out there because it's a part of news. It's a part of the press. And and I think that's just part of the, th- the stuff you have to accept when you're a famous person. Now, if this is the first time that you're actually hearing about this, where have you been? Because, man, Nashville, Tennessee got completely destroyed last night when it came to the outbreaks of tornadoes. And it just seems like this time every year when it starts, when winter starts to end and the warm weather starts coming in, we just get these outbreaks of tornadoes. And it it reminded me of the 2007 Groundhog Day uh, tornado outbreak that we had in Central Florida here. And it was the second deadliest tornado tornado outbreak we ever had here in Central Florida or the whole state of Florida to be exact. And I remember everybody freaking out. Uh, I was married at the time and my wife was driving from Orlando all the way to Daytona because she worked at NASCAR at the time and she would take 44, which is a back way to get over there. And it'd sometimes be going down I-4, but she, she took that way and she took some pictures and it was absolutely amazing some of the damage because it was like, you know, in the cartoons when one of the cartoons runs through a wall and it'll leave his shape. She took a picture and you could you could see a defined shape of the path of the tornado and when it came through and and there were like boards, boards from fences and stuff from people's farms, like embedded into the side of trees because the wind was so strong that day. I know a lot of people were without power. They were homeless, had no food, nothing, no shelter. And everybody came together. We did a a big radio uh, uh, fundraiser with uh, Jim Van Fleet, who was the weatherman at Fox 35. He is a uh, big time. Actually, I think he's working for the cruises now, but he's a hell of an entertainer. He, uh, I don't know if he gave up his country music uh, career idea, but uh, he was a pretty talented singer. He knew how to work the crowd, but we did a fundraiser with him and raised a lot of money because there was a lot of people in need at that time, and it's just one of those uh, events that people forget about when it happens, and and these tragedies will happen, and, and it just amazes me how large of a scale do things need to be to like not be forgotten, because I, I go back, and, and I do this. I'm a big fan of history. I wanted to be a history teacher, and pretty much at the end of every decade, I, I'll go back year by year and even go month by month and, and look at some of the biggest news stories, and it's it's amazing what you guys will forget. And and at the time when it happens, you look at it, and it's, it's like a big story, and you're like, oh, we'll never forget this, and people forget about it. Like, for example, everybody, the deadliest mass shooting in the history of the United States was the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have forgotten about it. They, they don't think about it on a daily basis. And and that's just weird the way that the human psyche and the American citizens go is that history is so important. And, and I say this because when I was a kid, I was like, why do I need to learn this shit? Why is history so important? And, and it didn't take until like my 
low low to mid 30s where i started realizing is that you know history is how we learn and and you can learn from people's mistakes and tragedies and people end up uh, tragically dying you can learn from their mistakes and take stuff from that and and put yourself in a situation where you make sure that that does not happen to you and i i think that's why history is so important you know the, i i actually talked about this on with the side of chaos podcast that podcast should be out soon i'll uh, keep you informed when it does uh, come out and they release the interview that I did with them. But uh, we were talking and, and I was saying if uh, 9-11 would have happened just about five years later, it probably would be held as the most photographed event in the history of the world. And, and I only say that is because look at all the video that came out from 9-11. And that was back in the day when people had, you know, handheld cams, but not a lot of camera phones at the time. And if the Apple iPhone, if the iPhone had been out around that time, everybody would have saw everything that happened during that time. But there is a thing called like ancient history and ancient history is everything before written word was was created until we were able to write things down because ancient history was nothing like the telephone game that you you used to play in, in school where you would uh, be told some information. You had to pass it along to your friend and then they had to pass it along to their friend and you wanted to see what it ended up being by the time it got to the end of everybody passing it around and it always changed. So you really can't rely on a lot of that history you hear that's considered ancient history because we really don't know if it's correct. Now, recorded history is a little bit more detailed, but, you know, people could still change things. But with cameras now and everything being caught on video, it's a new, and I think that they need to come out with a new distinction of everything being caught on camera now. And, And now you can see it with your own eyes and see how things happen. Even with the camera, the cameras, you're able to see stuff. I remember one of the most famous photos that I remember growing up as a kid was that firefighter holding that injured infant baby uh, that he he got out of the Oklahoma City bombing. And I was only in the 10th grade when that happened. And our history teacher told us about that. And that was one of those famous pictures. And that's why I really never forgot that because images and video can just hit you in a different way where it keeps that feeling with you that you do not forget. So uh, yeah, it's 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 just interesting. I know that I'm probably just kind of geeking out with this whole like outlook I have on history, but it's just, it's so important for you to be able to go back and learn from people's mistakes. So, you know, you have a long, happy life and, and, and prosperous life. So, all right. I'm going to move on. I wanted to leave you with this. Uh, the guy that gave me my start in radio, Ron Bennington, he is a goddamn radio legend in the state of Florida. And hell, he's a radio legend now nationally on Sirius. And he's doing the show Bennington with him and his daughter. He used to do the Ron and Fez show with his partner, Fez. And I started out with Ron and Fez. He was on with uh, Russ Rollins and the Monsters this morning. And it was a great interview because uh, he, Ron Bennington is one of Russ's, uh, like... I don't know, guy that made him want to get into radio is like his idol. And Russ has always like been a big fan of his. And, and I booked him to be on Russ's show today. But please, if you get a chance and you're in the Tampa area and you're listening to this podcast on April 11th, he's going to be uh, returning back to Tampa doing stand up with Jim Florentine, uh, Rich Voss and Robert Kelly. It's uh, the uh, Creeps uh, tour. They're doing that and they're going to be at the Straz Center on April 11th. So if you get a chance, check him out. And I, I will say this about Ron Beddington. Um, I, yes, Howard is the king. Howard is definitely the king. But I would pit Ron 
against anybody. If you just went to any of these radio hosts, caught them off guard and said, hey, we're throwing you in a studio and you got to do two hours of radio, but you get no show prep, you get no partner. Yeah, maybe a partner, but you just pretty much by yourself and you just have to ad lib and just rift and talk about anything. Uh, maybe stuff you saw in the news, stuff going on in your life. I would pit Ron Bennington up against anybody. I've never seen anybody as quick and just like I, I don't I'm not gonna say ruthless, but he's just he's just like a, a verbal assassin on the microphone. And I've just always been in awe on how quick his his timing is and, and how quick his mind is. And if you if you haven't had a chance and you got serious, just search Bennington show, great show. But uh, he's gonna be coming back to Tampa. Don't forget April eleventh at the Straz Center and I that's in Tampa. Yes, it is in Tampa. I, I had to get I get St. Pete and Tampa mixed up all the time. But uh, make sure you go and see them. Guys, thank you for today. I really appreciate it. Go to all my sites, Tuttle.net, TuttleTV.com. Email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. And if you want to donate to the cause because I give all my content out for free, you can give me some money, paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. That's paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Guys, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a wonderful and safe day.